how do you get someone else, even if they have an opposing view, to help you solve your problems? The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love, but our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. What's up, podcast world? Hope everyone's having an awesome 2020. I will say that I I wanted to give a couple plugs in um, specifically to the Australian wildfires for some reason. It's really hit me, um, especially I'm I'm a very big animal lover, and it's it's hard to see the images coming out of there. So, if you if you have a minute today, please look up a little bit what's happening down there, and if you can donate in some way, there are plenty of organizations that are helping the recovery efforts get started, even though those fires are still blazing. So I, I would give a quick plug to please look for ways to help and assist there. Uh, we were so blessed and there's so much we can give back to. Uh, I personally, and I don't just say that as a way, as a plug or publicity thing, it's I personally donated as well, wanted to help just get things going there because they're going to need a lot. There's going to take a lot of time to recovery, um, especially environmentally. All right, so let's get, let's get started. Well, and on another note, actually, the podcast today has an ulterior motive. I, I will be very transparent in that. We live in a very polarized society. Not that society hasn't always been polarized, but the, rip, the rapidness and the, the quick nature of social media and media in general um, and the ability for someone to get their message out there, especially the polarized messages, is a lot stronger than it used to be. So we're hearing more of it. I think people have always been opinionated and always, for better or worse, had uh, different views on things. And we're seeing those in full force nowadays and um, regardless of the topic. But I think, and I, I think there's a lot to be learned from the ability to, instead of debate and hold our views, to sympathize and look for from another person's perspective. And that's something we can control. But today specifically, I wanted to do a Jedi mind trick training on how to get someone else to see our point of view, right? Like we can control our point of view. We can control whether we sympathize or empathize or have compassion on someone else. But how do we do that to get someone else to see our point of view? How do we, how do we like set up a conversation so that instead of us initiating the the debate, we initiate the compassion, the empathy. And it's actually very simple to be able to do this. It's not, it's not rocket science at all. And I'm reading a book. I well just about finished a book called never split the difference by Chris Voss. Chris is a, FBI negotiator, and it's a very, very famous book. If you've probably heard about it, um, but he talked, excuse me, he talks about some specific skills that you can use to help gain empathy with your counterpart. And he's specifically like most, a lot of his career was talking with terrorists and hostage takers, kidnappers, very, very, 
I don't know, evil people, evil people with malintent, right? Using the life of a human being as collateral against what they want. That's, I mean, that's, oh, it's so disgusting and twisted. But he was able to work with these individuals to get the people safe. And it, it's crazy to, to hear the stories that he has. So he has a few tricks that we can use in our own lives. And I've, I've been using these lately. I've been practicing on my four-year-old <laughs> on how to negotiate. And it's, it's really interesting how this works. So let me give you a little context of my four-year-old. He is going through the why stage. And I love it. I actually really like the why stage because it just shows that he's so curious about the world around him. I know some people get frustrated by it, but I just smile every time and I'm like, oh, he's learning. He wants to know. And I want to make this process fun. So every time he asks why, it's like a little game and we can like just learn and grow together. And I, I, I love that. Um, and I've been experimenting with this and it, it works wonders. So in, in Chris his book, Never Saw the Difference, he, he talks about a specific skill and that's asking a question back. So he, he would give an example of there was, you know, a hostage taken and we're, they're on the line with the kidnappers and the kidnappers would make some outrageous claim like, we need $5 million or we're going to kill your, your, your loved one. And they, the, the negotiators would counsel whoever was on the phone to say, how am I supposed to do that? Or it, let's say, well, $5 million is, I don't have that in the bank account. How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that? And they said that they would ask that question over and over and over again for weeks on end sometimes. And, and sometimes it would take different nuances. Like they, maybe they negotiate them down to $60,000 and they would say, well, I'd have to sell my cars and I wouldn't have transportation to get there. How am I supposed to do that? And what that does, there's a psychological shift. As soon as you ask someone a question, let me start this then. Let me, as soon as you, well, I'll say it. As soon as you ask someone a question, their brain is biologically wired to want to answer that and help the other person. Right now, let me give you like another example. Banana throw up. Have you ever put the word banana and throw up together? Probably not, but instantly it came into your mind the image of a banana and throw up. There, there's nothing you could do to stop that, right? And so that's the same thing with the question. Sometimes you ask a question, you're like, this person's not gonna wanna answer that, but we're biologically, our senses are biologically attuned. It's, a, we, it's, a, we, it's against our own nature to be able to like not process that question, okay? So let me tell you about my four-year-old. So he'll say, why, all the time. I'll ask him a question, like, you need to take a bath. Why? <laughs> let's let's go play with your toys. Why? <laughs> Everything's a why. And at first, like our instinct, right? He's asking a question. My instinct is to answer the dang question. <laughs> and so I've been so for the first little bit, I started a- as- answering the questions, and the the whys just keep coming. It's never ending. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this never split the difference thing. I'm going to try to try Chris Voss's suggestion. And so I would say, you know, let's, let's go have dinner. And he'd go, why? And then I would just reverse the question. I'd say, why do you think we should eat dinner? And it's instant. It's like very, it's so instantaneous. For a four-year-old, his eyes roll back in his head and he starts thinking. And then he'll give an answer. <laughs> 
<laughs> the whys stop most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes he gets around it. But it's really interesting. So every time he'll ask why, sometimes I'll just answer it and that's good enough. But if he if he's playing the why game, to stop the why game, and to actually get him thinking about the answer himself, which I think is a really good skill, I just ask him, why do you think so? Or why don't you tell me? And it's cool to see his brain start going in the other direction and him trying to figure out that answer for himself. And it's, it's been a really fun exercise. Um, but I, I don't want to go too far because I do like the why question. I, I like him questioning and it's, it's really cool to see that. But think about your own conversations with people. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you're in, maybe, may, especially think about confrontational situations you're in with people, whether that's coworkers or people on social media or people in your day-to-day life. Like there, we have friction. We have confrontation with people. You know, uh, some, some people try really, really hard to avoid it, but it, it's there. It's just part of human interactions. And our instant, in, our instinct is someone asks a question or says something offensive is to fight or flight, fight or flight, right? So why don't we, instead of engaging in that natural instinct of fight or flight, why don't we engage with a question? Like have a very, very well-worded, how does that work? How am I supposed to do that? What do you think? Why do you think that way? Word that question in that, in that sort of inquiry and watch how people change. Watch how instead of being defensive or on the offense, they go to your side and try to think like you think when you ask a simple question. And I, I know this works because I, I do it all the time. And, you know, if someone like whether that's a misinterpretation in a business transaction, say, well, how did, how did we get here? Or, or how do you think we should solve this problem? Instantly, it, it makes me humble and also helps the other person understand that we're on this, we're in this together. We're both humans. We're trying to get what we want and we need to work on this problem as a team instead of enemies. And as I've done that in my personal and professional life, I've made a lot more friends, had a lot more compassion and empathy with people and been able to see a different perspective. So, um, especially in politics nowadays, if we asked more of the question, why did they do that? and look from other people's perspective, we will start to solve their problems. And if we have, we ask them to think from our perspective, they'll start to solve our problems and we'll do better together. And I sound, I know that sounds really like fairy tale, la la la, like ideal world, but it actually works on a one-on-one basis and it works on societal levels too. Um, instead of pointing fingers, if we point questions, it, it works a lot better. Um, and I know it seems innocent, like a little three or four year old asking why, 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 but if you ask enough whys and you, you'll get to some pretty interesting conclusions that you never thought you could, but it takes a few of those whys and those questions. So that, that's my training for today, guys. I hope that helps with just your, your business and your personal life, but also bring in some empathy and compassion into this world. Um, something that we forget in the terseness of social media and or not just just media and conversations in general i don't want to blame social media i actually think social media is a really good tool Um, but sometimes people get lazy and don't take the time to actually think 
and just post. So if we, if we take the time to think and post, and we can do that by asking questions, uh, we can require others to do that by asking them questions. They'll actually think about what they're saying. And if we have a little more thought, a little less, a little less uh, reaction, then I think we'll be uh, build a better world one relationship at a time.